Good to see you all. Have I ever told you that when you stand here, the room looks really, really big? And you guys look at it like getting taller and taller. And I'm just getting smaller here. And I think, what is going on? <laughs> Good to see you all. Um, it's amazing how, how these things work. I mean, the Lord knows everything. Leon just finishes uh, talking about the Abraham. And I had no idea what he was going to say, but that's where I'm going to have to start talking about Abraham, and then see how the Lord leads the whole thing. I have some notes, but probably I won't look at them, see how all goes. But before we start, just open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you, you do all these things for us, Lord. You provide so much for us, Lord, and you give us the opportunity, Lord, to even speak and to meet together. I just pray, Lord, that you... Bless us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that these people won't see me, Lord, but will hear your word, Lord. will be directed to you, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you take the glory, Lord, and speak to us, Lord. Fill me, Lord, with your spirit, Lord, and fill us all, fill us all with your Holy Spirit. We would understand that you have to speak to us today. Let's commit this time to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 15, I have the first six verses. I will try my best to read them. (laughs) Genesis 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your extremely great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven, and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. It's starts with saying, after these things, just to give you a little bit of uh, what's going on, Abram, when he left and God called him to leave his place, he took with him Lot, his nephew, and now nephew chose to live where Sodom and Gomorrah are, and there is a war going on, and the kings capture Lot, so Lot is taken captive, and Abram, somebody escapes and tells Abram, so Abram, I might say Abraham sometimes because it is the same man. Um, chases the, the kings with 318 of his servants and he manages to beat them, rescue Lot, take the spoil, come back. Now in the way back, he meets the Melchizedek, the king of Salem, or the king of peace, and he gives a tithe to him. And... Uh, 
king of Sodom meets him and he says, all the spoils and stuff that you have, take them. And Abraham says, no, I'm not going to do that unless you say that you made me rich. Abraham is going through so much at this point. And now it's come to a place where probably he's just thinking, yes, I be the kings, but what if they come against me? There are so many of them. I have 318 servants. How am I going to deal with this? And yeah, I had the high point of giving the title to Melchizedek, but that moment is gone. And then I have got nothing even to show because I didn't take anything from the king of Sodom. And at that moment, at that time, the Lord appears to him and says, Abram, do not fear. How did the Lord know? Because he knows everything. And he meets Abram right at his knees. Abram was fearful. The Lord says, don't be fearful. But if somebody just tells you to don't be afraid, it's a bit difficult really to say, yeah, easy for you to say don't be afraid, but if you were in my shoes, probably you wouldn't have said the same. But the Lord gives him a very, very good reason for not to be afraid because he says, I am your shield. I am your protector. I will protect you. Those kings there, I have made them just as I have made you. So there's no need to fear. And then he says that I am your great reward, extremely great reward. So even he didn't take anything from the king of Sodom. The Lord is saying, look, those things won't be what you need. What you need, it's me, the Lord. Today, this is what we need. We need the Lord. We need to rely on him because he is our great reward. Not what he gives us, but who he is. He is the Lord. He is great. I'm just going to read to you a verse. I remember James was going through some difficulties in school. and uh, We gave him the verse of uh, not to be fearful. And I'm, try- I'm going to try and find it for you. <laughs> the Second, 2 Timothy verse 1, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse, verse 7. And uh, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. And this really helped James. He has it in his room. And as a child, it's not hard. I mean, even grown-ups get scared. <laughs> I don't know about you. I do <laughs> sometimes. But the word of God is the one that takes the fear away. And the provision of the Lord is much better than anything in the world any king could possibly give you. Because the one that promises to be our reward, he is the king above all kings. He is the Lord of lords and king of kings. So after the Lord gives Abram this assurance that you don't have to be afraid, I am your reward, that's all you need. And Abram does what normally all of us do at some time, some point. If you read verse 2, it says, but Abram said, Lord, what will you give me? 
just said, I'm really bored, but he says, and what will you give me? And at this point, if I wasn't to read anymore, I would say, and the Lord says, Abram, what is going on with you? Am I not talking to you? The Lord is so patient. And uh, Abram, of course, is complaining he hasn't got any children. He wants a son. He doesn't want his inheritance to be given to some servant. And the Lord says, Abram, I will give you a son. Don't worry, I will do it. And when the Lord says something, 100% keeps his word. He's faithful. Even when you are faithless, he's faithful. So, and the Lord tells him that he will give him a son, that his servant is not going to inherit everything. But sometimes we, we think that we complain when we go to the Lord and we just want from the Lord and want from the Lord. But actually what I, I saw in this one, in this particular verse when Abram says that, what will you give me? I think, I, I believe that even if Abram will say, fine Lord, I am going to be strong for you. I am going to say that, yes, you are my reward and I'm not going to care. Deep down in his heart, he wanted a son. And the Lord knew that. And the Lord wasn't crossed with him. He actually was communicating with Abram, talking to him. Yes, I know what's in your heart. I promise I'll give you what you want. But, uh, yeah, the Lord promises that he'll give him the son. And he even actually takes him out and says, count the stars in the sky. If you can count them, that's how many your inheritance, your, your descendants will be. And it is, a, it is a great, great confidence that we have in the Lord. And as, as the Lord speaks to Abraham and tells him that I will give you lots of descendants, Abraham, Abraham did something really interesting. He believed God. The Lord said and he believed it. And as he believes it in verse 6, it says that the Lord counted it righteousness. Just because he believed, he didn't do anything. He didn't try and say, and Lord, I know you said that, but I'm going to do so many things. So when you give me the sun, be like, you know, we are even. And as you all know, I come from Muslim children. I remember when I was little, young boy, going to the mosque. And when I would go there, the day I would go there, I would be so happy. I would say, yes, this is my religion, and I've got it, and I have done what the Lord, Allah, <laughs> in that case, wanted. And the day that I would go to the mosque, I would be so into it, go in front, you know, even if all the prayers were in Arabic, I had no idea what I said. Bowing down, getting up, touching my ears sometimes, doing all these movements, speaking some Arabic words. But deep down, you can't stop talking to the Lord, even if you don't believe or if you, the Lord is the one that when you are in time of need or anything, you're going to go to the Lord. So I would speak to the Lord and always I would feel like, I got you, God, because I've done what you, what pleases you, going to, to the mosque. And now, 
it is your turn. Worry about me. Because I did what I should do. So your job now, come on God, I'll put you in a corner, God, hey, look at me. But what we see in the Bible is completely different. Abraham didn't do anything, he just believed. Yeah. Anyway, just as we're talking about religion, tell you what happened, speaking to one of my bosses, instead of just looking at me. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she was telling me about going on holiday to Turkey and how Muslims asked her about you have a religion and why don't you have a religion and stuff like that and she said well I don't need a religion she said to them and I just said oh I agree with you and then she gets more confident she says yeah I know you're a Christian but me personally I don't need a religion I agree with you but you do need God you might not need a routine a ritual to do but you need God that is what you need and the end of the conversation goes well, she said, have you ever heard of Charles Darwin? He said, hmm, is that the man that had a theory? She said, whatever you say, you're not gonna, I'm not going to agree with you because I tested God and he wasn't. Apparently she was poorly at some point. God wasn't there where she wanted. She said, how did you, how did you come how did you make it? How, how did you get over? Because you're better now. She said, oh, the nurses. The nurses were there. She said, what makes you think that God didn't put those nurses with the capacity to make you better at that time that he is in control of everything? She just shook her. She shook her head and she said, well, the nurses. I said, look, the God, the nurses did what the, what, what the Lord has said, what the Lord made them do. They have looked after you. I said, your choice is always to give the glory to people or to give the glory to the Lord. I'm not saying that you shouldn't say thank you to people that do good to you, but we forget sometimes that in every situation, God is the one that we have to rely on. God is the one that controls and holds everything. But uh, so many of us, I met so many people that have told me that they actually believe that they're going to go to heaven because, now the majority of people have told me that because they look after their mums, especially the ladies, so many ladies I have met and I've shared the gospel with them and speaking about the Lord and thinking that we are, yes, is, yeah, but I, I'm going to go to heaven definitely because my mom was poorly and looked after her. And I always thought, well, I haven't ever met a person that doesn't love his or her mom. <laughs> I mean, we've got to look after her. It's not the big deal. I mean, the Lord doesn't say that based on what you do, you go to heaven. And uh, we have uh, verses in Isaiah. I'm going to read Isaiah 64, 6, and that is what uh, how our, our righteousness, because we see that the Lord accounted Abraham's faith as righteousness. So the faith that is counted as righteousness, how about without faith? How about in our own strength, in our own righteousness. Well, Isaiah 64, 6 says, But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all 
we all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Our righteousness without faith, meeting the Lord, is going to be like it. Really? Our righteousness is not going to, just, is not going to happen. Because the Bible describes, Isaiah saw the Lord as in the, in the year when Isaiah died. So the Lord, then his train of the robe, entered the hole, covered the temple, and says the servant, the angels were in the sides of, of it, and the two wings would cover their face with two of their feet, and the two would fly, and they would shout, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, the Lord of hosts. The earth is filled with his glory. In the book of Revelation, we have, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And if the angels are covering their faces, covering their feet, and shouting, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, whose train is come the temple. And we go there, God. Let's see how many good things are done. Fifty-nine good. Eight dads. Uh-uh. Got you, God. <laughs> I'm coming in. He's not going to work like that. He's holy. He's not going to let one thing, one simple sin, the smallest, smallest you could possibly think. He's not going to enter heaven because he is holy. And he says, you also be holy. And how do we make it then? <laughs> God, God is so holy. It is by faith in the one he sent. That is the Lord Jesus. The only way we are washed away, since our sin is washed away from us, whichever way it works, <laughs> is by the blood. So, yeah, um, and I was just thinking of the righteousness of man. I mean, even, even us. If one of us was to go to be Jewish service, you know, to be, to be in the Jewish service, you know, when, when you judge, you know what I'm doing. <laughs> and a man comes and just pretend, just think, he built a hospital. And the hospital, they had so many people that got better and got, you know, healed. Think of 100. And then the man that built it, 100 people being healed, but he gets annoyed with his wife and he kills his wife and you are part of the Jewish service and you have to make a decision. Is this man guilty or what would you say? I mean, do you say, look, you killed your wife, but the hospital you built, Saved hundred people, so you have another ninety-nine wives to kill. So, right, Garrett, get married again, and it's fine. You'll be fine. You would say, with our, we are not, well, we are just people, and we would say, look, man, I know you're, you've done so many good things, but killing your wife takes your freedom away. You have to pay the penalty in prison. So, by faith, Abram was his faith was counted as righteousness, not what he did. Right. Romans, Romans, 
say that. No one is righteous, nothing. It's no. But even, even if you, if you believe, I'm not saying don't do the work of, of the Lord. If the Lord has put something in your heart to do, you do it. And, uh, just follow the Lord. But even when they asked Jesus, disciples asked Jesus, I messed up with the verses, I'm just gonna say it to you. <laughs> Uh, they said, and how do we do the work of God? Jesus says, this is the work. Believing in him, he sent. So pretty much the Old Testament, the Old Testament is by faith. And if we, if we look at, uh, at, uh, Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, tells us that by faith, by, by grace, through faith, we are saved. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So whatever we do. And uh, even the book of uh, Isaiah, we read chapter in... Uh, Chapter 1, I believe it is. Chapter 1 of Isaiah says that uh, the Lord says, Come and reason with me, and even if your sins are... Shall I just read it to you? <laughs> uh, Isaiah, is it 1? Is one eighteen. It says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though that they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So the Lord wants to wants us to talk to him. Just as Abraham he spoke, maybe he said some things that oh look like he's complaining. But the Lord so faithful because, as I said, when we are faithless, he's faithful. So, faith. I was just thinking about faith. Yeah, it is the gift of God. By grace, through faith, we are saved. But then, it's like, without faith, it's, it's even hard to do anything. When it comes to the Lord, you, we can't do anything. Yeah. Simply, we can't be saved. Definitely, we can't be saved because it says, makes it clear, without faith, Forget about heaven. You can't, if you don't believe, that's it. But there is, uh, there's other things that we can, we can do. Because when you don't believe, then of course, if you pray to the Lord, he's not going to hear your prayers. And James 1, 6 makes it clear that, uh, I'll read it to you. James 1, 6. Says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So the prayers won't be heard. There will be no heaven, no salvation. You won't be able to, to resist the devil in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, 
Be sober, be vigilant, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brother brotherhood in the world. So, if we can't resist the devil, the evil, and we can't, we can't approach God, and our prayers are not answered, so in other words, just makes it clear. It's without faith, we can't ask God. And that is Hebrews 11, verse 6. Verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's all faith. And then faith will set us, will set us free. That, that verse where it says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And uh, you won't be under the condemnation of sin anymore or anything in the world have that that closeness with God, that relationship with the Lord. And it is not, it's just based because the Lord, is it clear, He loves people. Just are we are we willing to get closer? I remember in one of the sheer praise I, I invited a guy from work. And uh, I said to him, Look, it's around Christmas last year it was and he said, Why don't you come? Join us. We have some songs. I said, we get together. He's got kids similar age to mine and Sarah's. So get to know each other. Why don't you come over? Because I, I chat to him. And he says, yes, God, yes, but for me. Okay, God, but church, it's too much for me. I mean, that is closer. I'd like the distance a little bit. It's just too much for me to come to church to, to talk about. God and things. It's too much. I don't want that closeness. I want the distance. But people that walk by faith actually are those that are strong in their faith and they stood. They, they, they carried on their life, their journey by faith. Is this Abram that we were talking? The Lord changed his name to Abraham. He has to go through, through some really, really difficult tests. One of them is when the Lord asks him to give his son his birth. His son that he was, he was asking the Lord for a hundred, well, till he was hundred years old. I want the son. I want the son. So the Lord said, yes, I'm going to give it to you. And I want this. And anyway, the son comes, Isaac is born. And Abraham is happy. One day, says, I want you to take your son that you love, Isaac, and offer to me as a burn. 
This is when Abraham said, Lord, you have been very kind to me. We had our walk together. We had our good moments. But this time you've gone just a little bit too far. I'm not going to give you a son. Well, if it wasn't for Abraham to walk in faith, if he wasn't to build that relationship with the Lord, to stay close with the Lord, probably he would say something like that. But Abraham was strong and he was, he was confident in the Lord. If the Lord asked him to do something, Abraham was going to do it. And he takes the son and goes to do it. And the Lord says, I see that you really trust me. By faith, takes Isaac, his son, that he was saying, yes, Lord, you are my reward and everything, but where is my son? And the son comes and says, now I want you to give me back your son. Abraham says, yes, he does it. You see, when, when we are close to the Lord, when we walk with the Lord, when we walk by faith, yeah, the Bible tells us that we should be walking by faith, not by sight. Because sometimes it looks like we do something and it is not. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, for, for Abram here, leaving his country and walking with the Lord and even taking his son as a, trying to sacrifice him and all these things, it just seemed to be, doesn't make sense, does it? Like Noah, and he was building the ark, Never had rain. People laughing at him. What are you doing? Building a boat? He carried on. It didn't make sense to the rest of people, but he carried on. And then you have Joshua with his army walking around the wall to Jericho for seven days. And everybody thinks, people probably in Jericho looking saying, if you guys are thinking that you're going to conquer by walking around, forget it. <laughs> we are a fortified city. But Joshua was obedient to the Lord. And the walls. So, my question is today, is there anything that the Lord is asking you guys to do? Maybe today, just today, maybe it was really difficult to come to church, just to come here. Sunday, half then, but I'm sure that by faith you know that, yes, I'm going to come today. why each of us are here today. But maybe the Lord is asking you to take another leap, another step. I encourage you, if the Lord is speaking to you, don't harden your heart. Don't ignore him. The Lord is saying, look, it is me that you have to rely on. It is me that brings satisfaction to you. Please, don't harden your heart. Because it could just be that the day the Lord is coming and speaking to you. Don't ignore those small voices. Because when we trust in the Lord, when we put our, our trust in Him, we believe in Him, the Bible says that He gives us a new heart, a heart of flesh. And in that heart, He puts desires. And when He speaks, you will know. It's just a matter of do we obey do we trust and do we make that step of faith? Walk with the Lord. The longer you walk with the Lord, the stronger you will be.
faith is just like Jim, Pete and Leon. When you first started, you didn't lift many things, but by the end, it big, yeah, bigger weight. It is the same. Abraham first, he said, Lord, yes, you're my reward, but where is my son? By the end, I was saying, yes, Lord, I am ready. Because if you say so, I know that is the best. Yeah, and the other thing is just coming to mind, I was thinking of, how do I put it? But yeah, Mary and Martha, Martha was busy doing things and everything, but Mary was always listening to the Lord. And when the time came for the worship, she knew what to do. And everything for everybody looked, oh, how do you spend all this money and whatever was going in, in their minds? Mary was happy to give that to the Lord because she was getting closer and closer and closer to the Lord, not get further and further. The closer you get to the Lord, the stronger you're going to be in faith. The stronger you get in faith, the tests that come your way, small. And even if they are big, because sometimes, I mean, life is, we all have to go through this life until the Lord returns, or we meet him there, whichever way it works. I encourage you, by faith, do what he is asking you to do. I believe this is what the Lord has put in my heart for you and me. It's going to close. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you are our reward. Thank you, Lord, that you see everything, you know everything. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you you direct our steps. Just pray, Lord, that you speak to us, Lord, and help us understand you more. Help us know you more, Lord. Help us rely on you, Lord. Help us fully trust in you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for everything, for dying on the cross for us, Lord. In Jesus' name.